Welcome to the Home Care Network Podcast. In our podcast, we're bringing various guests discussing relative business matters that's concerning the operations of your home care business. Our guests will include fellow business owners, home care and health care specialists, service providers, and a wider range of business mentors and coaches. Be free to share the podcast within your network and to scroll through our channel for more content that is relative to you. Join us. We are networking today as we build for your tomorrow. It's another great evening with the Home Care Network. I am your host, Yvette Aikens, and today we are joined by our Home Care Business Advisors member, Crystal Copeland, who is out of the deep, deep area of our country from Alamogordo, New Mexico. And today we are spending some time in talking about the challenges within our community and more specifically the New Mexico community where Crystal has recently started her own agency um, and has been able to really get involved and in the trenches of the home care providers, the home care clients, and really seeing, you know, firsthand what's really going in the community, going on in the community as it relates to home care. So let's welcome Crystal. Crystal, welcome to the Home Care Network. Hi, thank you for having me. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it is a pleasure to have you. And you know that we've only got a certain amount of time, Crystal, because the guys are going to be like shutting down our mic. (laughs) <laughs> and doing all of to get us off because you know how we can talk when we I get know going. we can talk forever <laughs> we could talk forever but I welcome you and I thank you for joining um again I'm your host Yvette Aikens from the network from the home care network and we are joined by Crystal Copeland um from Golden Heart Home Care who is here talking with us today about the challenges within our community and more so specifically the community of Alamogordo Crystal tell us about your initial journey in the home care world and and why did you even step into the home care world of course so thank you for having me again um really what brought me into this community of home care was just wanting to be able to provide something better for my community than we already had um some of the agencies around town lacked in caregiver services. Um, They have physical therapy and occupational therapy and all that, but they really lacked that caregiver service as well as lacking that personal touch and caring when it came to caregivers in the home. Um, So that's kind of what drew me into solving a problem within my community. What, What did I think that my community would benefit from? I come from a retirement community. So, I mean, there's a lot of elderly people here as well as disabled people here that really needed that assistance. Um, Right, right. I started off with makeup and that just wasn't for me. And I've been in the medical field for many, many years and I've done private care for many years. And I just wanted to start something that I was good at and I was passionate about. 
and that's what led me to starting this. So, so explain what was, you know, and again, this is a platform where we can be very authentic. We can be very transparent. You know, change is not going to come by putting things under the, the carpet and, you know, putting it in a box and burying it under the bed. So we want to be very authentic. But I'm, I'm interested to know, what was it that you was actually seeing when you started, you know, scratching the surface, Crystal? share with us some of those things that you were seeing and and again let's let's be specific what were some of those things that you were seeing so as i started scratching the surface and opening up my own agency um i really didn't expect to um grow as fast as i have i expected my first um year or two really learning um about how to run a home agency um dealing with clients and stuff like that and i really didn't know anything um i didn't know how to start a home care i didn't know what i needed to do for my state or anything even making policies and procedures like i did not know how to do any of that stuff and And you have been on fire since Yes, when I met Home Care Advisors, you really gave me that push to really do the work and learn how to do it. And I started off in January with one client at 100. Well, actually, we started off with just 40 hours a week. Um, That got bumped up to 168 hours a week, which is 24-hour care. And now we're going into end of September, beginning of October. I am almost at 500 billable hours per week that is that is exciting and phenomenal statistics and i'm glad to see that you are you know paying attention to those billable hours and it's not about the client because the client can have 100 hours or one client can have 10 hours but those right. billable hours is is key and and again and i know just in my conversations and my interaction with you that sometimes you've been going into homes and there is right. things that are not necessarily in order you know whether it be a client issue or a family a family member issue but again I'm going to go back and I really want to delve into this um within your community what are those things when you've when you've scratched the surface are you seeing that are either inappropriate or that you're seeing that are not being done correctly where is the deficit Ex- explain those those areas to yes. me and what you're seeing right the deficit really is genuine care that's where the deficit is at wow um, something so of, simple right something so simple is missing from all these agencies that are in my location just simply caring for the clients that we're working with. Um, A lot of the agencies around, you know, have caregivers that they just hire just because they need a body to fill that position. Um, And the lack of caring has what's really driven people to come to us. Um, You know, we make a big difference. We go above and beyond. And a lot of the referrals that we had gotten were really word of mouth because of the quality of care that we're providing, the genuine care that we're providing, and the genuine caregivers that I hire. Um, Caring is a big must. You have to have a heart to be a caregiver for my agency. So that's really the biggest deficit that I've seen. Wow. 
So, and, and, and again, let's, let's take it down to the brass tacks again, just another step further in terms of, you know, community to support, community support or um, community programs. Tell us a little bit about some of the programs that are available to those in your community. And again, you know, a lot of the times the people with money um, and have the means to provide themselves home care they're not necessarily included into this um, calculation of community right. needs, right? Yeah. It's those that don't have the means that then find themselves in a community or having a challenge within their community. So again, just try to really embrace that for those people that cannot really pay for a golden heart to come in, right? That, that's one right. thing. But what about those who cannot afford? And I know for you, Crystal, you're in the process of um, filing for a, a not-for-profit, a, a charitable organization status. Right. And that in itself speaks volumes to me that you are trying to fill a void. Right. Let's, right. let's, so let's a lot talk of about that. that we have. Yeah. Um, a lot of people that we have here in my community are low-income people. Um, a lot of them are on Medicaid and Medicare. And um, one thing that's also um, missing in our community is a lot of people don't take Medicaid or Medicare here. Um, the reimbursement rates, which I'm learning all this, you know, as I grow in my business, the reimbursement rates for Medicaid and Medicare is very low. Um, so a lot of the agencies around me won't take those insurances because of the reimbursement rates being so low, um, as well as the insurance kind of limiting how many hours a day a person can have. Um, seeing that and seeing how many people in my community are low income Medicaid, Medicare clients potentially um, made me see that I needed to do more than just accept Medicaid and Medicare, not only for the client, but for my staff as well, in order to get staff that truly loves their job and is, are willing to stay, you need to make sure you invest your time into your staff and, and, and pay them, you know, more than minimum wage, at least to survive. Um, a lot of the agencies we have here, they pay their caregivers 1005. I have one that has made 1005 for the past five years. Um, and that's way yeah. less than minimum wage. Right. So I wanted to start a foundation where we can raise money, we can get donations, we can um, apply for grants and stuff like that later on in the future to mm -hmm. provide coverage and pay for those services for these low income people because I don't feel that um, our poverty level whether you're high class, middle class, low class, that shouldn't determine um, what kind of care you get to allow you to stay at home. Um, in my community, we have two nursing homes and two assisted livings. They're always full. There's never you know, any openings. Um, sometimes there's a wait list and they're not the best, um, but they do provide that kind of assistance. But when you are able to take care of a loved one at home and allow them to age in place in the comfort of their home, life expectancy goes up, the quality of life goes up, their happiness, all of it. So if I can provide some type of assistance to help these lower income families afford private care, 
I'm going to do whatever it is in my power to get that going. And, and I know that you're going to be successful in that. And again, just from the first time you and I had that conversation about other ways of, you know, bypassing some of the um, the red tape, if you will, so that you can afford yourself as a for-profit company, um, but as an individual who is invested in her community, how what is another way that I can still do without it, you know, having any kind of variance or impact and going the charitable organization route was most definitely it. So I know my money is on you, Crystal, that that will come to fruition. Um, And just like anything, you know, you've you've got to nurture it. You've got to do all of those things for it, but it will, it will come around. And I know the people who will receive that care from you and your staff, um, the assistance, the support, the resources, um, right. I'm most definitely going to be thankful of that. So, of and, and, I'm, and I, I'm I've going even, to, uh-huh. I've even volunteered, I've even volunteered some of my time and some of my staff's time, you know, we've, we've volunteered to help with hospice cases because caregiver burnout, you know, with hospice. Wow. Yes. You have a hospice nurse, but the family is the person who's basically caring for this family member until they pass away whether it be bathing Mm -hmm. changing any of that we've actually volunteered at least 50 hours of our time to help people in the community we work alongside with one of the hospice nurses and she'll call me and say i have an emergency i have a family member she's she just needs to sleep for four hours she just needs to take a shower by any chance do you have anybody and i volunteer our time to help those people because they can't afford it you are an extraordinary individual and hence why you know i'm so honored that you came and wanted to talk about those challenges within your community because you are just so invested It, it really runs through you know your veins in terms of making that change so um we're going to continue talking about these things and um you know rooting for you and giving you as much support as that we can um and, and you know and, and it's a conversation that can just go on and on and on and on and, and i do have right. and i want to hit right and, and i want to hit another area in terms of you know your referral sources um the 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 providers you know, and I'm not necessarily talking about the home care agencies because, right. you know, that, that's your bucket. But I'm talking about the support services that you have around you and how is that helping you in what you need to do as a home care, whether it be DME company, whether it be the pharmacy, whether it be, you know, the home health agency, um, whether it be the visiting nurse services. How are those community services aiding you to do your job or helping you do your job or do you really feel that as a private home care agency you are really swimming this alone so as a private care agency sometimes i do feel like we're swimming alone Um, we do work hand in hand with like you said the home care agencies Um, we have had some referrals from um, we had one that was referred to us by a lawyer Um, And we had another one who was referred to us by just a random retired physical therapist who knew of people who needed um, care. But um, I really feel sometimes that as a private care provider um, that we are swimming alone um, when it comes to 
getting those referral sources. So we've actually been getting out in the community um, and really making ourselves known. A lot of the referrals that we have received have been by word of mouth referrals, um, which, which were are very the absolute ones, right? <laughs> right. And those are those are those have been completely amazing. But as far as like community um, referral support, it's it's hard being a new agency, um, getting the kind of fathered people of the community to realize that we are here and to recognize. Make right, yes, right, right. Um, we actually have made an investment in ourselves to join our local chamber of commerce. Um, who will help us um, get into different referral sources such as banks, lawyers' offices, um, the radio stations that um, tend, we have a radio station here that tends to our elderly community, um, as well as um, getting into the senior center um, <clears throat> and all that stuff. Um, COVID has been a big um, factor when it comes to us being able to really mingle in the community because of the COVID restrictions in New Mexico are pretty tight. <laughs> New mm. Mexico is pretty tight on COVID restrictions. So And how does that relate in and how does that relate into the home care? Um, is your restrictions the same as most in terms of, you know, going into facilities, you know, um, <laughs> Are they pretty much similar right there as well for you? Right. Mm -hmm. We have limited access to being able to go into facilities. Um, we have been um, calling around and making appointments to market and intermingle with these um, different possible referral sources, such as lawyers and banks and stuff like that. Um, trust lawyers. Um, I've even gotten in touch with a trust lawyer who kind of handles um, the elderly um, community. Mm -hmm. right. um, we actually just received an email from him uh, last week um, so we can uh, meet with them. Um, and I'm learning now as a agency owner your referral sources are more than provider offices. It's not just the doctor. It's not just oh, of course, you know, the other agencies that will will refer you clients. It's it's, it's really further further it's afield. A lot Absolutely, further and I'm learning that as we're going. You I know, think you must have thought I was crazy when I first started. You know, speaking with you about getting your contact list together, and hey, Crystal, you know, get your real estate agents on that list. Get right. Your, Right? right, you're thinking, oh well, why would I want to even do that? I'm going to the <laughs> No, really, I mean, and that's one thing, you know, like you said, as we're scratching the top of this, you know, business and getting business going, what have I learned? I really have learned that your referral sources are more than just medical referral sources. Yes, absolutely. So, so what is what is next? for crystal crystals and the team and crystal and you know golden heart again we know that you've got your charitable organization um in the works but what is next what is that what do you have as your next challenge within your community that you are planning to um try and overcome right so the next challenge in our community um, right now we have the in-home care services. 
um, private in-home care. Um, our next challenge, once we get this stable and going, is to start looking into um, homes um, throughout the community to do residential living areas um, to where we can have one house with, you know, four or five clients in a house. Right, like a more, group home. Mm -hmm. Yes, like a group home, a smaller, more intimate setting for assisted living rather than the huge um, assisted living setting because I feel that in a smaller setting, it's more intimate compared to Absolutely. a bigger setting where it kind of feels like an assembly line. Um, right. And you and, get, and you get lost in the shuffle at times, you know, right, exactly. And you, you, you start to become like factory workers, you know, you get everybody up, you get everybody to breakfast and right. so on and so forth. So my next goal for golden hearts, once we get our in home care kind of steady is to start looking in the direction of, assisted group homes, residential, right. smaller living areas, um, because we do have people who um, it is cheaper for them, you know, to go into an assisted living rather than paying weekly at an hourly rate. So right. why not offer them, you know, this form of support? Um, because like I said, in our community, our assisted livings, we have two. Um, and they're always full and they they don't have beds sometimes and so the family has to send them out out of state you oh know, wow to, to I have a client right now who um, she's with us for in-home services but the family is moving her to Arizona to be placed in assisted living because there's not one here and we offered to do 24-hour care for them but, but it's, it's too not expensive. necessarily in their budget right but and you know and the, exactly. and the thing about the the group home is not just a shared and intimate setting in terms of you know the psychosocial and the social stimulation aspect of care and delivery of care but it's also a means for those people who may fall between you know being low income right and maybe you know according to you know society saying that you know middle class or being able to afford it but if they do go and start spending that money now they're not going to have that comfort level of sharing expenses exactly. you know so so it hits multiple different um key elements for an exactly. individual to you know consider a group home um right. and again looking at the challenge that you have right now um in your community you know you've got nursing homes that are full you've got you know caregivers that are on burnout you've got assisted livings that you know there's nobody available and no one is building anything new you've got low income that just don't have the resources because nobody wants to do it so they're left to fend for themselves pretty much the, I mean, just out of this conversation in the last 20 minutes is that there are four huge key areas there that right. um, that that have to be answered to some way, shape or form. The question is, who's going to do it, right? What, what is your council right. doing? What What is the, 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 um, the legislators doing? Who's doing, who's trying to move and who's trying to move what and where are they trying to move it to? Right, so, exactly. And it kind of feels like everybody's kind of like at a standstill and they just expect everything to be okay. But I see the need as 
you know, as they say, our baby boomer generation is starting to get older. I'm starting to see an overflow of, you know, these people who are going to be needing care. And if they don't jump on it now and start making those types of facilities around our area, there's going to be a lot of out of state placement. So I have something to add on your list as we're closing out this segment today, Crystal. And you're going to probably roll your eyes at me. And I always look forward to it. So, I'm always up for an Yvette challenge. <laughs> so here's, here's an Yvette challenge. Here is the Home Care Network challenge for Crystal and the Golden Hearts team. Crystal, I, I truly value you as an individual, as a, a, as a healthcare professional, and, and just of a person who is authentic, um, who is ethical, who is kind, considerate, who's thoughtful, and it's not about you, it's about somebody else first. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge you to this. Crystal needs to be a voice, and yes. not just a voice on this network, not just the voice that you're going to, you know, buy a property and you're going to make it an intimate setting and not just a voice that we're going to build our census from 400, 500 billable hours a week to a thousand billable hours a week. You want real change in your community. I'm going to challenge you. I am going to challenge Crystal to be that healthcare voice of your yes. community. All right. I like, I like it. I'm be right there with you, supporting you. The team here at Home Care Business Advisors is gonna be right there with you and supporting you. But you just so have the DNA to really make an impact. And you've got some young children that are coming up and growing up and they're watching you. I see them going into your office and painting. I see them coming to the office and pretending oh, yes. to answer the phone. I'm they just like saying- They are the bosses. They are the bosses. Well, you wait until they get 13. They're gonna say, I'm not gonna do I that. I'm <laughs> get them while they're young, right? And impressionable. Right. But I want you to be I that voice. I always tell them that, I always tell my kids, you know, every day, you need to make an impact on somebody else's lives, whether it be little or big, you know, that small gesture of kindness and, and caring and, and sacrifice is, it makes such a difference in the world for people. It really does. Absolutely. With that, that's a, a, a remarkable closing statement. Crystal, um, it makes a difference. I am going to thank you from everybody who's listening to this um, podcast today um, or who's going to be listening to that into the future and just saying, look, you know, if you really want it, you can most definitely make that change. You know, challenges are not there just to be looked at. Challenges are there for us to fight, for us to stand up to, for us to look at in a different way, because that's just how life is. So right. until the next time, let's stay there with the challenges within our community and Crystal Copeland being that voice of the community. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you. Thank Have you yourself a good me. evening. You're welcome. You too.